Amen. Okay. Now, we have got a sermon, um, and it's a bit of a strange thing, really. Um, you don't really watch a lot of TV adverts these days, do we? Because we, some of us kind of watch kind of Netflix and Prime and all those kind of things. So we don't really watch a lot of um, adverts. And the other day, I watched an advert with an interesting strap line. Okay, because um, I was thinking that you, some of these companies and banks today, they have some very interesting strap lines, don't they? Do you know what NatWest's strap line is? Making things better. It's actually the two words, another way. You think, what does that mean? Um, uh, Lloyds Bank is... By your side. Who knows that one? By your side. Isn't that a load of garbage? <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Eh? By your side. Basically, we want your money. Yeah. Banking, a mortgage, a loan, we'll take your money, we'll give you a little bit to put it in the savings bank, and we'll just make more money with your money. So actually, by your side is just... I think, garbage. Anyway, but I was watching this advert the other day, um, and it was a lady called Elaine Welteroff, who was a writer, author, and TV host. And she was sat in a library writing away, or typing, I think it might have been typing away. And then she got up, and she went outside and got into her Audi A8, Q8 e-tron which is a car which costs you £100,000, okay? So she then drives off, and as she drives away, you know, she's obviously thinking about her next book and all, all that garbage. And then basically, this phrase comes up, progress is a matter of character. And you think, what's that got to do with an Audi Audi? A a Q8 e-tron. What the dickens is some... Just people write this stuff, don't they? And we sit there, we take it all in. But actually, I thought this, this phrase is very profound when we think about our Christian lives, isn't it? Isn't it? Please wake up. It is, isn't it? Because actually, what is one of the key things that God is looking for? He is looking for character. And if we are to grow in our Christian lives, surely it is a matter of character. Okay? And how do we grow in character? So what we're going to do is we're going to look at character. What it means to grow in character, I'm going to whiz through this because Lemon's left me no time. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I've done all that. Let's have the next one, please. Oh, I've got the thing. I have the power. I don't have the power at home. I don't get the remote control, so let's use it. Here we go. So, the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Somebody has written, a person's character is the sum of his or her disposition, thoughts, intention, desires, and actions. Okay, so it's what's going on on the inside. Somebody wrote, good character is godly character. Character is doing what is right. Character is shown in how you deal with things. 
Character is when no one is looking. Character, hold fast on the inside and people see on the outside. And so I suppose as, when it comes to character, Christian character, we have a clear kind of scripture tells us what kind of character we should have. And you know the answer when we ask questions in church. The answer is always Jesus. So the character we should have is like the character of Jesus. Okay, and we see that in the New Testament. I can give you some verses. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says... Thank you. You can see why Emma sits in the front row, can't you? Because she wants to answer all the questions. Um, It says that we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Okay, let's talk about... 1 John 2, verse 6, Emma. Bit blank on that one. Okay, but it says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Yeah? And then uh, Philippians chapter 2 talks about how, as Christians, we should have the same mindset of Jesus. Who Jesus, being God, didn't, you know, do the equality thing with God and so on and so on. I'm paraphrasing because I'm on the run. Okay, but so actually what we find is when we think about character forming, it's not like sitting in the sun. Okay, because when I sit in the sun, I change. I go from a whitey to a red person. Okay, because my skin is very pale, I just change color. And sometimes we think, well, when I become a Christian, what's going to happen is I'm just going to change. And it's going to happen with me doing nothing. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen like that. The work of the Holy Spirit is, the Spirit is in you, and he's, to, he's working to change you to become like Jesus. But actually, it's not just his work, it's your work as well. See, you are in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it's will and Holy Spirit are the things that are going to change my life. The decisions that I make, the things I think about, the things I say, that's character. And when the Holy Spirit and character work together, we become like Jesus. Yeah? Yeah. So you've learned that this morning. You go home and you can do stuff and become like Jesus. Yes? I'm just going to tell you a bit more. What I think godly character, Christ-like character, is what God wants for you. Because, because character is so important when it comes to ministering for God. There was a guy called Bill Hybels, um, who was a leader of Willow. Thank you. She's like my little prompt here at the front. Um, she was leader, he was leader of Willow Creek. And what he used to say is when they were choosing leaders, there were three things that were really important. You needed competency. Okay, They had to be good at their job. They had to have chemistry they had to fit in with the rest of the team and they had to have character they had to have a godly character and and you know that was the kind of mantra they had at willow creek sadly the character thing didn't work for bill highballs so interesting as we think about christian leaders who've fallen christian leaders who haven't acted in a godly way the thing he talked about most was character And so character is so important. If you want to go on with God, if you want to be a leader, you need to have a godly character because that will take take you much further than any gifting you have. So we need to talk about um, character. What is is the character that we want? Well, the first thing is we need to think about the, the character of Jesus. What does Jesus look like in terms of his life? Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to do three things because I was listening to this the other day. 
And somebody talked about how the value of three, they say five is too many. Five things are too, too many things for people to remember. Three is the goal. And I felt really good as I listened to that. <laughs> I've been doing this for years, and three is okay. Okay, so the first thing we talk about is the fact that Jesus, the character of Jesus, was loving. His life was just full of love. Why was it full of love? Because 1 John 4 tells us God is love. So actually, we think about it. Jesus is God, so Jesus is love. We never say that, do we? I've never heard somebody say, Jesus is love. Because we always talk about God is love. But surely when Jesus turned up on earth, his, the, the godly part of him, his deity, would have been full of love. And you see that, don't you? As he treats all kinds of people. As he walks around the dusty streets of, of Israel at the time. As he touched lepers. People whose fingers and toes were falling off. People whose nose was rotting. He would do what no one else would do. And then he was in front of 5,000 5, men, it's told. It could be 12,000 people. He breaks bread, he breaks fish, and he feeds them all. Why? Because he loved the people. He didn't want them to go hungry. He wanted to show his love to all those people. And so when we look at the character of Jesus, we see a huge amount of love. It just kind of flowed out of him. And it made him totally irresistible when it came to people. People wanted to be with Jesus because he was a man who was filled with love. So the implication is, it's easy, isn't it? Okay, you know, two plus two equals four. Jesus is love equals Christians are full of love, aren't we? Okay. Let's just take a moment, shall we, to think about that. If you think about your life, how loving are you? Now, sometimes it's easy to be loving, isn't it? Other times, it's desperately hard when people have said things and done things and, and maybe hurt us. But actually, what God is looking for is for us to be like Jesus and to be filled with the love of God and to experience the love of God. And that's the amazing thing about the, 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 the love of God. It's not just something, you know, um, God loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me sort of stuff. It's actually God loves me and I feel it on the inside. And, I, and it flows out of me. We, we had Ethel West's funeral here a little while ago. And one thing that Sharon said to me, she said, my mum was a person who was just full of love. And it was so easy to talk about that. She had love for family, but she had love for friends, and she had love for other people perhaps she didn't know so well. And, she, and, and Sharon just said to me, you know, if we could read 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm not going to do it now, but love is this and love is this, because she said, that's my mum. That's what she was like. What a great testimony, isn't it? After 95 years, that somebody can say, well, actually, I've seen my mum, and I've seen my mum over many years, and what I see is love. Because the question is, what do people see when they see you? Can I say, as men get older, I think they do get grumpier as someone who's going that way? Is that what we want to be remembered for? 
Or do we want to be remembered for the way that we love people, the way we encourage them through our words, through the way we give our gifts to people, for our generosity, for our kindness? You see, I thought myself, do you know, I could write probably 10, 15 things here in this sermon, couldn't I? What is the character of Jesus? Well, you would say he was kind, he was generous. And, uh, but actually, when you kind of sum it all up and you drag them back to the point, it's all about love. He was just so full of love. And surely that's the kind of character we want to, we should kind of have. And the great thing is that we have the resources to be filled with love, don't we? 1 Peter 2 verse something says that God has given us through his Holy Spirit all that we need for life and godliness. So actually, the love you need to show to others is available to you. Yeah? You just need to draw on it. You need to fill yourself up with love and chuck it out there. Yes? So let's move on because I'm looking at the clock. Next one is all about... Oh, yes, me! Ah, I'm not used to this power. Okay, it's about humility. Okay, so who is Jesus? Give me a few words. Come on, then. Come on, chuck it in. Who is he? God. That's good. Give me another one. Who? Saviour. Cool. That's two. Well, we've got two in church, man. <laughs> oh, dear. Healer. That's good. Reviver. Yeah, okay. We, can, we could go on a long time and get three or four more, I'm sure. But um, when we think about it, Jesus is God. Good one at the back. Um, the Son of God. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords, Mighty Saviour, Prince of Peace. Yeah, I'm on the flow, aren't I? I should be sat down there. But who is he? That's who he is. And so that's what the, the Bible says. This is who this person is. He is awesome. He is mighty. He's the most powerful person who has ever lived. He turns up on earth. And what happens? Born in a grotty stable. Or even a cave, I think they, some would say. And lived a very poor life as a carpenter. And then pops up after 30 years to do ministry. And what does he say about himself? He says, the son of man came to serve, not to be served. And he had every right to be served by everyone else. And yet he chose humbly to be the servant of of his disciples and wash their feet. He got down in the dirt and washed the grot of his disciples' feet. Wow. The humility of Jesus is amazing. Not did he only come to serve, but he came to give his life, to be tortured, to be flogged, to be put on a cross and hang there for hours before he died. He did it because of love. But when he just washed his disciples' feet, he got down and he said, "This is I'm, I'm an example for you. This is what you should be doing. You should be washing one another's feet. You should be serving each other. And surely that's what Christ wants from us, that our lives are filled with humility, that we are willing to give ourselves 
to God and to others. And it didn't lessen who Jesus was, did it? He was still who he was and who he said he was. It didn't lessen, lessen it, but it showed how we should care for one another. And I wonder whether you're someone who has that humility, whether you're willing to give yourself just as Jesus did to God and to others. I'm not going to tell you more about that. It's a good question, isn't it? We need to look inside. Just reminded me I had a little investigation this week and they looked inside. And I could see what was inside. And maybe today God is saying to you, you need to look inside. Because I don't see that characteristic in your life. Because the world isn't like that, is it? The world says, go after what you want. Be number one. Take what you can. Push others aside. Go for what you want. And yet Christ shows us a different way. Through his humility. I remembered I've got this. So I'll press the next one. And then lastly. Holiness. Ooh. I was, ah, I was thinking about this. And um, I thought you know. Jesus life was completely holy. Says The Bible says he never sinned. That's interesting isn't it. And then I asked myself the question. Could Jesus have sinned? Ooh, and that was a huge rabbit hole to go down because then we get into peccability and impeccability. Look it up for yourself because I haven't got time to tell you all about it. But it's this whole question, could Jesus have sinned? Was he able to sin? But it does say, doesn't it, that he was tempted just as we are and yet was without sin. And we read in the Gospels that Satan came along to test him and to tempt him and he didn't sin. And so the, the, the life of Jesus was one, I would say, of holiness. And what I mean by that is that um, as Christians, we're kind of made holy, aren't we? You know, holiness is the state we have because God has saved us. In God's eyes, we are holy, aren't we? Yes. Okay. And one day, as holy people, we're going to heaven. Yes. Great stuff. Something to look forward to. <clears throat> more certain than an English summer. Okay. <laughs> we're going to heaven because we've been made holy. But actually, holiness is a thing that we have to live with every day. Because actually, what happens is that every day we end up having choices, don't we? And somebody put it like this. They talked about virtue or vices. I like that because it's the alliteration of these. But virtue or vices. And we do. We face that choice every day. Today, am I going to choose to be virtuous and be holy, or am I going to choose to do the things I want to do, which are not godly, which are not holy, which are destructive? And we have that choice. Now, Jesus perhaps didn't have the same choices that maybe we had. You need to read the stuff on peccability and impeccability. But certainly he was, he was tested, and he chose to go God's way. And I just want to say to us today... You know, when we faced with choices, are we choosing things that are pleasing to God or are we choosing things that are pleasing to ourselves? 
Because I think when, what we'll find is that when we think about stuff that is pleasing to ourselves, it can actually be very addictive. The Bible would say sin. And when sin gets hold of us, it can really drag us down and pull us back. And we have to make choices to live holy lives before God. And I suppose we get back to that. Is that something I'm doing? Is my life represent the character of Jesus as I get up every day and I make choices? Are they choices that grow me in holiness or are they choices that... What's the word I'm looking for? Destroy my holiness. But they don't just destroy our holiness. They create anxiety. They can create depression. They can create all kinds of things. Because we're making bad choices. Do you know, as parents, what we want, we always want our kids to make good choices, don't we? Just as our Heavenly Father wants us to make good choices that will help us grow in a godly character. So, there's no more points. We've done them all. Or have we? There are so many things when we talk about character. The character of Christ that surely we would want to emulate. That we would want in our lives. But it doesn't just come as we kind of lay there. It's something that we have to work on. It's a decision that we make every day. Am I going to follow Christ and his example, or am I going to choose to do the things that I want to do? And it's hard, but surely you will see the difference in your life. And there was a whole load of stuff, I've written loads of stuff, and I'm not going to do it, of things we can be doing to grow in character. But I think it does come down to decisions, and those small decisions that we make every day to choose to follow Christ and to be like him. And that's my prayer for us. That we would grow in the likeness of Jesus and other people would see the difference. Amen. Amen. Come on then, you've been sat down for a long time. Let's stand. <clears throat> You know, we talked about church being safe, and it is a safe place. Comfortable. The chairs aren't great, are they? Um, this morning, maybe God has spoken to you. Maybe God's talking to you about character. He's helped you look inside. Maybe there are things that actually aren't holy. The Bible calls us to repent. We don't talk about repentance very much. It's one of those, ooh, no, we don't want to upset people by asking them to repent. But it just means turning around, changing direction. Maybe this morning God is saying to you, I just, I just want you to change. I want you to stop walking away from me and walk to me and come back. So I'm going to pray for us. And maybe this morning, maybe you just want to put your hands out before you as an act of surrender to God, as an act of devotion and giving yourself to God today. Father God, we want to thank you. 
We thank you for, for our, our salvation, that, you, you, that we are born again because of Jesus. We have a new life. We have the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for all that you've given us. And we pray today, Lord, that you would help us to live lives that are pleasing and glorifying to you. I want to pray, Father, that you would help us become more like Jesus each day. And I want to pray, Father, for the characters, the, the, the character we have as individuals. And I want to pray, Father, for your people. May they grow in love. May love just kind of permeate their lives and flow out of them. May love be the thing that they are remembered for. I want to pray, Father, for that sense of humility to acknowledge who they are in you, but to give themselves to you and to others, to be willing to bow and bend the knee, to serve and, and care for those in need. And lastly, lastly, Father, I just want to pray for a holiness that might kind of just fill their lives, where day by day they choose to walk in your ways, to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would shape each of our lives, that we would become more like Christ day by day. And we ask it in his precious and his holy name. Amen.